We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. E-cigs don't burn tobacco leaves, and they come in lots of flavors. That's what tobacco companies tell you. Here are three things tobacco companies don't say. One, many teens don't know their flavored e-cigs have nicotine. Two, nicotine is a poison that can rewire the teen brain. Three, 80% of kids who tried vaping did it because of the flavors. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more. Hello everyone, welcome along to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Beat, brought to you by MyBookie and Draft. My name's Colin Kelly, I am your host each and every week here on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Each week on the Fantasy Football Beat, I'm joined by an NFL beat reporter to break down one of the biggest games of the week. On this week's show, my guest will be Mark Bullock of the Washington Post. We'll be discussing the Minnesota Vikings traveling to face the Washington Redskins in Week 10 and looking at the key players and key matchups that we expect to decide the game. We'll be talking about Josh Doxson and how he's performed over the last couple of weeks, Kurt Cousins, his contract situation and how his season has gone, as well as uh, the defensive side of the ball, the run game and much, much more. So looking forward to getting Mark on in just a little moment. After I talk with Mark, I'll take a few moments to recap what we discussed and use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive a little bit deeper into the game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. You can go to rotoviz.com and check out the site and all those great apps and great content up there on rv.com. 
So with the NFL season well and truly underway, and of course our uh, fantasy football seasons are well and truly uh, underway, you'll know at this stage if you're heading to the playoffs or if you're uh, really uh, and truly out of contention. But whether you're heading to the playoffs or out of contention, you can always uh, have a little bit more fun on the games each and every week. You can uh, have a little wager on with our official sponsor here at the Fantasy Football Beat Podcast. That is MyBookie. You can find their website at MyBookie.ag. I've used MyBookie for many seasons. They are, in my opinion, the best in the business and they have some great player perks they have great live betting apps and that much much more than you mobile site is uh, excellent and uh, as i mentioned they're great player perks and one of those is if you sign up using my code rotobeat my book you'll match your first deposit with up to a 50 percent bonus all you have to do is when you're signing up uh, use that code rotobeat to activate the offer and uh, it's as simple as that they will uh, boost you up with an up to 50 percent bonus and that you can have some fun on the game this weekend whether it's this game or whether it's a different game uh, that is of course uh, mybookie.ag it's very very close in the betting markets for this game it is a one and a half point spread it is in the favor of the minnesota vikings minus one and a half at minus 110 and it is plus one and a half for the redskins at minus 110 so it's pretty much a pick em, uh, in terms of who's going to win this week the over under is 42 so uh, a low scoring game kind of expected here in Washington but it's going to be a fascinating game I think this week and I'm really looking forward to diving into this game a little bit deeper so uh, let's get to our guests now. I'm joined now on the show by Mark Bullock of the Washington Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Bullock. Uh, obviously, Mark, uh, I want to start off by thanking you for jumping aboard the show. And uh, you know, the Redskins coming off that massive one last week uh, has has to be happy for all, all the Redskins fans out listening to this one. Yeah, I don't think many can believe it. To be totally honest with you, um, given the amount of injuries they've had uh, going away to Seattle and the Seahawks coming off a huge win they just had, it, it was. I think everyone thought it was going to be uh, a, a tough one to to get a result out of, but they they somehow managed it, and uh, everyone seems to be pleased about it. Yeah, it wasn't uh, the prettiest game, you know, from you know watching the standpoint. I really enjoyed watching it because it was kind of a, a defensive battle throughout. But Kirk Cousins uh, shook off that kind of tough game. He was getting uh, hit, hit quite a lot behind that kind of uh, offensive line that has been kind of patchwork together over the last couple of weeks with injuries but in that fourth quarter in particular in that final drive after you know we thought it was going to be another case the Seahawks come back and win a game in the fourth quarter like they did the week previous but he stood in the pocket delivered a 31 yard pass uh, as he was hit that pass going to Josh Dawson with that dive and catch uh, an incredible catch for him and then they rushed it in uh, on the next play for a touchdown to win the game so as I mentioned, there are a number of starters missing, and uh, they get now that win in the fourth quarter takes them to four and four for the season. But what was your uh, biggest takeaway from that game in Seattle? Uh, I think the biggest takeaway has got to be just the the way they were able to to stay in the game, stay competitive, um, particularly on defense, as you as you mentioned, and and come away with the win. It shows how resilient they are given their number of injuries. Uh, you, you mentioned. They have a patchwork O-line at the moment. Um, they're missing four of their normal starters. Um, so it's it's a quite a dire situation their offensive line has been in. Um, and, and to go in and, and get that type of a win in, in Seattle, of all places, is such a huge credit to the coaching staff um, and, and the, the team chemistry and be, being able to, to come away with that kind of victory. It just shows how resilient they are. 
Yeah, and uh, that, I, I do definitely agree with that. And looking uh, as we move into this week's game, uh, facing the, the Minnesota Vikings, we're going to look through the injury reports first, and then we're going to jump in to uh, the key matchups that we expect to decide the game. But with the injury reports, we're recording this on Thursday, a little bit earlier than the show is usually recorded. So we're working off Wednesday, and what we've been getting uh, through the grapevine then on Thursday's practice. Uh, but when we look at the Minnesota Vikings, uh, their injury report isn't as bad as uh, what we're going to talk about in a minute when we get to the Redskins. They have quite a few names on it, but a lot of them uh, you know limited practice and fall practice you know the, the big news for them is that Teddy Bridgewater has been activated he's not expected to play this week we'll be talking a little bit more about that in just a moment but he had a, a fall practice on Wednesday which is a hugely positive sign obviously for him coming back off that injury uh, so the uh, on the on the did not practice front there is only four players for them Mike Rammers with a concussion Everson Griffin with a foot injury uh Jeremy Surleys with a knee injury and then we have Stephen Weatherly with a knee as well so they aren't as banged up and uh, you know I expect Outside of those four guys, uh, the rest of the roster are pretty uh, healthy going into this week. Of course, uh, when I mention healthy, we can't add Sam Bradford into that. He was added to uh, injured reserve this week after having a, an arthroscopic scope on his knee. So we look now at the injury report here for the, the Washington Redskins. There is uh, almost 20 names on it. and uh, We're going to run down through them. Uh, I'm going to leave out the guys with the fall practice uh, listing. But Jamison Crowder had a hamstring issue. That's been bothering him over the last couple of weeks. We have Vernon Davis with a hand injury. He was limited yesterday. And if we look through... Uh, the rest of them did not practice, uh, was tagged with Matt Adenayas and Arthur Jones. They both missed out. And then the rest of them pretty much limited all the way down then to Trent Williams, who uh, at the tackle position has been missed, and he did not practice. So the offensive lines, obviously, pretty much the whole offensive line is down here on this injury report. But <laughs> yep. when you look through uh, the injury report of what we've seen from past weeks and what we see now heading into this week, who do you expect uh, to miss out? And is there any that are kind of borderline that you uh, really think can uh, benefit this team if they can't suit up come Sunday? Yeah, the um, the offensive line seems to be on on the up a little bit. Um, they're hopeful that they can have uh, Brandon Sheriff back at right guard. Um, he was he was borderline against the Seahawks when he didn't quite make it. Um, that it's, it's always a good sign when you're uh, close the week before that uh, should be ready this week. Exactly. So they're hopeful that he should be back. Um, and I think Ty Seki, um, who is the backup left tackle, um, who has also been injured, um, he is back in limited practice this week after he had uh, surgery on a core muscle a few weeks ago. Um, so they're, I think they're hopeful that they can get those two back um, and then potentially Spencer Long at centre as well. So they're hopeful they can get two or three guys back, but it is kind of still up in the air at this point of exactly who will be playing. If they can get two or three of those guys back, that that would be certainly a huge boost. If not, um, it, it's going to be, again, a, a patchwork offensive line um, and and the likes of TJ Clemming starting at left tackle, which is never a uh, particularly bright spot for an offense. Yeah, just counted down through the injury report. There's 17 names in this injury report, so that is uh, quite incredible. Um, they obviously then have uh, three tackles down on it. There's a guard, there's a center, there's two guards, one center. And then, of course, when you're talking about the offensive line, you need to have tight ends added into that equation as well. There are three tight ends are all on the injury report, so we'll see how, how it goes as we get closer to Sunday, but it's uh, obviously uh, a banged-up team at the moment and uh, makes that win last week all the more impressive. And we're looking at the, the key matchups. Obviously, we have uh, coming off the bye, the Vikings. They played in London recently, picked up that win over the Browns. They are 6-2 and two at this point, so they obviously should be a little bit fresher heading into it. So well-rested and uh, looking at the key matchups. The first one I'm going to look at, and it's uh, obviously looking at uh, the running back position in this one. Running back Dalvin Cook is obviously out for the rest of the season after taking over from Adrian Peterson, but 
Uh, his uh, kind of, we'll say his fill-ins, Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray, have been uh, serving quite uh, capably at the moment. Uh, it's been kind of, they've been taking turns, 536 yards and four touchdowns between the two of them since taking over. And they also recently claimed former Redskins running back Mac Brown off waivers. Then on the Redskins side, we're looking, uh, they have rushed for a total of 100 yards over the past two weeks. And uh, we mentioned that patchwork offensive line already, but 100 yards over two weeks is not what uh, your target is for your run game. Chris Thompson has been the best offensive uh, weapon, I guess we'll call it, for the Redskins this season so far. But they're going to have to try and mix in uh, P. Ryan a little bit more here, get him some carries. And Rob Kelly, obviously, coming back last week uh, from injury. So it's just uh, the offensive line situation makes it really hard here for the Vikings to uh, build and establish that run game. So outside of the pass catching option for Chris Thompson, who I have been very impressed with what he has done this season. But as a standard run game, do you think it's going to be more of the same as this season goes on with the issues on the offensive line? Or do you think uh, we could see the, some changes maybe to, to boost this run game? Uh, I think, it, 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 as you say, it kind of really depends on the offensive line. They had just started to go, get going in the run game before they got this huge spell of injuries. Um, and the, the offensive line, had they've transitioned from when Gruden first came in, he held over a lot of the zone concepts from Mike Shanahan. Um, and, and over the past sort of 18 months, um, he's transitioned to, into more of a, a power scheme. And that was really starting to click um, over the first couple of weeks of the year. Um, but then they had all these injuries. And, and with the power scheme, you have lots of moving parts. And if, if you have one guy that's not familiar with the entire rest of the unit, then that can all get blown up. Um, and now that they have basically five guys that aren't used to each other at all, it, it's very, very hard to get that going. Um, I I would say it will probably be more of the same. Um, they they'll probably look to lean on Kirk Cousins in a quick game um, to sort of supplement their run game, um, and then obviously Chris Thompson on on screens and and wheel routes and such um, will will be heavily used. Um, but in terms of the run game itself, I would expect it will probably be more the same until they get their their offensive lineman back healthy. Yeah, and usually when you get into kind of week nine, week ten of the season, it's kind of if it's not ready at that stage of the season, and if your offensive line's banged up, it's really hard to get a you know momentum going in the run game as you move forward. But maybe uh, we'll see that happening. You mentioned you know a quick passing game, and I think that is what they're going to try and rely on uh, as we move forward here, particularly this week against a, a Minnesota defense, which is very tough to play against. It hasn't worked out for. Pryor so far, that is Terrell Pryor uh, this season, obviously come over as a free agent from the Browns on a one-year contract, and uh, it hasn't just worked out for him. Jemison Crowder is another player that it hasn't really worked out for, but in recent weeks he has uh, perked up a little bit. He obviously has that hamstring issue now, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can suit up come Sunday. But Josh Doxson is the the receiver that I want to discuss. I mentioned at the start of the show uh, that he had that big catch last week to set up that Russian touchdown, and uh, he has uh, looked quite good over the last couple of weeks, obviously taking last year in the first round by the Washington Redskins. He's kind of shown flashes of why he was uh, such a, a highly touted player coming out of college. And he, he was held without a reception for the first two weeks of the season. We kind of thought maybe it'll be more of the same. But he, he recorded a 52-yard touchdown catch, uh, his first touchdown of the season against the uh, Oakland Raiders. And the tide really turned from then. So he's had a, a big, big uh, game, obviously, last week. Uh, what have you noticed, uh, particularly since week two, what has the, the change been and uh, his involvement overall? Have you seen a change there? And what has... Uh, catered to that production i know i was looking at your twitter feed earlier today and i seen that you had retweeted an image of five of his catches from the season that uh, pretty much were all highlight real plays he's he's a player that uh, they really have to get involved more 
Yeah, I mean, when you watched him in college, that's what he was. It, it felt like every play was a highlight reel catch because he could pull in these ridiculous catches where he goes up and gets the ball of the defenders. Um, but he had uh, an injury coming out of college and that kind of set him back um, with his Achilles. They never really quite understood exactly what was wrong with it. Um, and so he missed basically his rookie year from that. Um, this year, he's, he's finally managed to get healthy. Um, although in training camp he, he missed some time um, with, with a hamstring and that kind of set him back again going into the start of the year and, and Terrell Pryor was given the starting job. Um, but recently he, he's finally managed to stay healthy um, and he, he's taken over the, the starting X receiver spot from Terrell Pryor um, and that's allowed him to get on the field uh, and that, that's really been the biggest difference is the fact that he's been able to get on the field and stay on the field consistently. Um, and that's allowing him to showcase his talents. And, and he's, he's really their best receiver. Um, it's just a case of him being able to be allowed to, to produce on the field. And, and that consists of him staying healthy, staying on the field, and also offensive line being able to protect Cousins long enough to let him let the rounds develop and then obviously Cousins trusting uh, Doxon, um, which is what we saw on Sunday against the Seahawks. And uh, he when, finally, yeah, sorry, no, oh, well, he um, he finally started to show some trust and he, he finally got um, that that deep ball down the sideline to Doxon, which set up the the game winning touchdown. Um, which the the trust hasn't been something that Cousins has been particularly quick to trust guys this year. Um, so it's taken some time to develop, but I think it's starting to get there. And uh, with that, with that developing, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, what's your kind of your view of a ceiling for him as we move into the the end of the season? Obviously, he has the opportunity now to become the number one receiver on this offense. But how good, uh, you know, with that production we've seen in college, with some of the flash plays we've seen this season, is there anyone you think uh, you know he could be? Could he be one of the the top receivers at the at the X position in the NFL? I, I absolutely think so. Um, he has all the talent. He he's a very good route runner. Um, he he cuts very cleanly and very sharply um, and, and creates plenty of separation. And obviously the, the highlight reel catches everyone's seen where he, he can go up and get the ball over guys. It's it's absurd how well he does that. So he, he can absolutely be one of the top receivers in the NFL, at least in my opinion. Um, it's just a case of can he stay healthy? Because in, injuries have always been a question for him. Um, and, and can he develop a trust with the quarterback? And we're starting to see that trust get there. Um, so I, I absolutely think he can be one of the top receivers in the NFL. Um, it's just a case of being on the field um, often enough to uh, reach his potential. Yeah, that's always the case. We've seen a lot with a couple of the uh, first-round draft picks over the last couple of years, you know, like Perryman as it is issues with health. Uh, we've seen Kevin White. We've seen a lot of guys just struggle to get in the field, and that is something even this year with Corey Davis and Corey Coleman last year. You really need to be on the field to have that opportunity to get that production. That is the key ingredient, really, to, to yeah. getting uh, getting into that uh, game scheme. So when we look then, obviously, at the other pass-catching options, we have uh, Vernon Davis, who in his last four games for Washington has... Uh, had 15 pass or 15 passes caught for 224 yards so that is a key area of production and he has looked uh, really good this season obviously we've had uh, Jordan Reed banged up pretty much the entire season he missed uh, this past week's game against Seattle and so did Niles Paul and obviously the, we mentioned the quarterback situation already on the offensive line we've heavily touched on it I think that's a theme <laughs> a theme of the show but we're talking yep. about Kirk Cousins uh, he has a 
really no uh, option other than to move around the pocket very quickly and try and get rid of the ball and it was pretty much the same situation this past week but with Cousins uh, he's playing on the franchise tag for his second season with his play this season have you been you know impressed you know we're looking at some of the numbers and you can put that down to the offensive line have you been impressed with what he's been able to do behind that line and then of course at the the end of the season what do you expect the outcome to be with his uh, contract situation He's been up and down this year, Cousins. Um, There's been plenty of times where he's had opportunities to go down the field and and take more shots um, and and be more productive, and he's played more conservatively. Um, And that's been one of the bigger talking points for the past few weeks is um, Cousins gave an interview where he said, if I played the way Jay Gruden wanted me to, I'd throw 20 interceptions a year. And Gruden, Gruden joked back, well, you'd also throw 60 touchdowns. So they, um, they, there's a little bit of, uh, of a joking... Yeah, there's a little bit of friction there, possibly. Um, and and they, there's definitely a difference in philosophy of Gruden wants to, him to attack down the field more often. And there's certainly opportunities there, but Cousins doesn't have the trust in the, those younger receivers um, that he had, say, last year with Deshaun Jackson. Um, so he he hasn't been spectacular but what i will give him a huge amount of credit for is is certainly the way he played in in that two-minute drive um against the seahawks um last week it it was phenomenal to see him stand in the pocket and just deliver passes trust his receivers um while taking ridiculous hits um he had one to to ryan grant where i don't know how he even saw that grant was going to be open he just i think he just threw it because he was basically about to get hit um he got a rough in the pass of call um as well as a big sort of 20 yard completion so um and that set them up for a score so yeah he he was impressive it it was um certainly very tough um for for him and it showed great toughness to to stand in the pocket and take those hits and deliver those throws but as a season in general i would probably perhaps be slightly underwhelmed um but again you can you can point to the offensive line and, and the change at receivers having missing Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon from last year. Um, and obviously, as you said, Jordan Reed's missed most of the year, um, or at least certainly hasn't been healthy for all of it. Um, so he, he's missing a lot of his top targets. Um, so he's not necessarily had a great deal to work with, but he, he certainly could still be doing more. Um, as a, uh, Towards the end of the year uh, with the contract situation, it's very tough to say. Uh, I... A few weeks ago, if you'd asked me this before San Francisco made their trade, I would have said he definitely wants out. And I, I in fact, I have said I thought he would be a 49er next year. Um, but with Jimmy Garoppolo there and that seemingly screwing up that whole situation for Cousins, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether he would see somewhere else as a better opportunity for himself. Um, there is still some friction between himself and the front office. Um Dan Schneider and Bruce Allen, I don't think they've ever really taken to him. They they always preferred RG3, and, and Cousins was always Mike Shanahan's guy. Um, so th- there there is some certainly there's some friction there, and the the contract offer last year was was kind of a bit of a slap in the face. Um, so I, I I can see him not necessarily wanting to sign a contract, but I would think they they will try to do some sort of tag to make sure they don't lose him for nothing. Whether they can then 
trade him or whether someone else matches it if they only go for the transition tag instead of the franchise tag um we'll see uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not sure exactly how that'll play out but i would imagine they won't let him go for free but i can still see him drawing plenty of interest yeah and uh, i think it's gonna be interesting to see how that one plays out and of course how he plays for the rest of the season on the the other quarterback room has been a kind of a bit of a situation that's been in flux this season for the the vikings sam bradford underwent surgery as i mentioned and uh, he's out for the rest of the season he did start the season as a quarterback case keenum has been uh, playing in his uh, place uh, since that injury in week two and he's been playing uh, quite smart football through seven games this season he's thrown for 1600 yards seven touchdowns only three interceptions so they're kind of based around the defense obviously and then trying to get him to uh, do as much as he can he's playing with stefan diggs uh, as well as adam thielen and uh, obviously kyle rudolph sprinkled in there as well so they've been having a, a nice season overall uh, doing kind of complementary football to that defense to, to help them pick up those six wins as i mentioned and then of course Teddy Bridgewater activated as well it is highly unlikely we'll see him this week but uh, with uh, looking at those quarterbacks or those pass catching options how do you think uh, this Washington defense uh, matches up with the the Vikings kind of pass and run game just the offense in general uh, yeah it will be interesting to see the Redskins defense uh, over the past few years has been absolutely dreadful um, but this year they they hired um, basically an almost entirely new staff. They they promoted Greg Minuski from outside linebackers coach to defensive coordinator. Um, he brought with him Jim Tom Suda to coach the defensive line, um, and also hired Torian Gray to be the defensive backs coach. And those three have been instrumental in turning around this defense. Um, it might not necessarily be an elite defense, but um, the secondary has been fantastic. Um, Josh Norman's been basically shutting down his side of the field. Uh, Bashad Breland is, is playing up to the potential that he showed in his, his rookie year. He, he had a down the year last year, but he's playing up to his potential this year. Um, DJ Swearinger at safety has come in and basically straight away become a leader. He, he's a, he was voted a team captain, and um, he's been phenomenal in, in the way he communicates the defense and get, makes sure everyone's on the right page. Um, and then Kendall Fuller has, has really turned his his rookie season around and and this year he's he's been fantastic in his second season so um i think they certainly have some good options in the secondary and they've they've been doing a fantastic job of of switching between man and zone and then um the pattern match as well um and so it'll be interesting to see how they how they do against the vikings i think um they've been they've been pretty consistent in in stopping big big plays um it's usually been tight ends that have have stopped them on the uh, that have beaten them on the inside. Um, they don't necessarily have a linebacker that matches up to tight ends in coverage particularly well. Um, in recent weeks, DJ Swearinger has rotated down from safety to cover tight ends, and, and he's done a pretty good job. Um, but we'll see how well he matches up against Carl Rudolph um, and, and the Vikings passing attack. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very good matchup uh, because I do. I think Thielen is an incredibly talented player and has developed extremely well. I think Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and it's going to be interesting to see how they match match up with the cornerbacks. You mentioned as well Kendall Fuller; he's uh, really improved this year. As you mentioned, Ryan Kerrigan continues to be one of the best uh, linebackers in the NFL, and Josh Norman, as you mentioned already, is having a nice year. And it's interesting to see with Swearinger as well that he has, uh, you know, worked his way around the league, but he seems to have uh, a lot cooler head. He obviously uh, and his 
early years in his career he had issues you know with his temperament you know he can sometimes make uh, boneheaded decisions which seems to have really uh, developed into a leader over this season and uh, that's obviously a very big positive for the Viking or the Redskins defense with this defense the other question I have is do you uh, think that they're uh, getting the credit they deserve I think they're uh, a lot better than people are giving them credit for at this point yeah I think they are probably uh, better than they're given credit for um They've been put in some tough spots by the offense as well, um, which um, you know they, they've they've done well to defend when the um, when the opposing offenses have to start from their own half and, and drive down the field. They're very rarely are they beaten on long drives. Um, it's it's more re- more often that they've been beaten when the offense has a turnover with like a fumble or an interception and and given the opposition team short fields and that's when the defense has, has kind of struggled. Um, but yes, they they definitely are better than they they're given credit for. Um, as you say, Kerrigan is one of the most consistent linebackers, one of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, Preston Smith opposite him has has really stepped up and is and he's um, providing pressure off the edge with with Kerrigan. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about those guys on the back end. Kendall Fuller um, in in the nickel, he's been superb this year. Um, he, he I, I don't know if anyone necessarily is better than him on the defense right now, other than perhaps Zach Brown at linebacker, who who his speed is phenomenal and he's stopping basically every run play. Um, so their, their defense is playing very well, um, and even throughout different injuries that they've suffered, um, they've managed to keep up production. So they perhaps deserve a little bit more credit than they've been given. And uh, finally, now as we get ready to wrap up, uh, obviously the Vikings defense, we kind of know what they are, a really solid group who pretty much plays as a top five defense on a consistent basis. Uh, With that, I want to get your opinion on how you think this game is going to go with a, a kind of prediction for the result overall. I think the the key part is going to be uh, how which defense kind of holds the offense to the lower score. And I think it could be similar to what we've seen uh, last week in Seattle, you know, a, a real defensive battle and just see who can get uh, that final play to, to get that final score and win the game. So how do you think, uh, first of all, that the, they're going to set up against this Vikings D? Can they have success? And then, of course, if they can't have success, uh, how do you think the, the final outcome will go? Yeah, I think I think they can have success. Um, it, it, I think Josh Doxson w- should see a bigger role and and should get more involved. Um, and if they could get perhaps Jameson Crowder back um, from his hamstring, then that would certainly help. Um, they they've been looking to Vernon Davis and Chris Thompson as their main two passing options, um, and then those two have been phenomenal. Um, and and last year Vernon Davis had. Um, a couple of good plays against the Vikings last year. Um, and he had, I think, three catches for 66 yards, um, including a 38-yard touchdown. So I, I would think that they'll they'll look to attack in similar ways to they did last year. Um, and and the, they they match up pretty well. They, uh, Jay Gruden knows that Mike Zimmer defense very well from when they were both the coordinators in Cincinnati. Um, so it will be a case of can they get enough healthy bodies out there to... Um, to stay competitive and I think if they can if they can get as we mentioned maybe two or three linemen back and possibly a Jameson Crowder back at receiver then I think they can match up pretty well um, and if if that is the case I, I think the Redskins can come away with a win I think it'll be a tight one like last week as you, as you mentioned maybe something like 2017 um, and that's if they can get healthy if not then I, I would think the Vikings should be able to edge it but again it'll be it'll be close something like 20 to 17. 
Yeah, and it's going to be interesting as well. With it being uh, obviously it's not a, a divisional game, but it is an inter or a, a conference game, and obviously if either of these teams make it to the playoff stage, it could uh, obviously affect then uh, the outcome for home field advantage in, in the tiebreaker. So it's going to be a big game this weekend, and I think uh, it's going to be a very interesting one. I kind of feel the very same way as you went uh, with your prediction. But Mark, lots of great information there. Again, one more time, the, the listeners can follow you on Twitter at Mark Bullock NFL and uh, get all your Redskins news there. Mark, it's been uh, it's been great. Uh, thanks for having me. In just a moment, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what we discussed and use some of the Rotoviz apps to look at it from a fantasy football perspective. And, uh, of course, fantasy football, we're in week 10. We want to make that playoff push or we're playing DFS. We want to know what players to insert into our lineups. And that's what I'm going to be doing using those Rotoviz apps and uh, for you although the season is already kind of at the halfway stage you can still sign up for a Rotoviz NFL pass the value is tremendous and you can still get a 30% off for being a listener to the podcast as I mentioned there it is a discount only for listeners off the podcast and it is available through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all our NFL content and tools and best of all it supports this podcast again be sure to get your 30% discount for a Rotoviz NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So uh, I kind of touched on it there when I talked uh, with Mark and we were talking about Josh Doxon. I think it's very interesting to see how he's developed over the last couple of weeks. He's a, a player who high draft capital as he came into the league last year was kind of a you know, uh, just a missed season for him. He was targeted quite a few times in the red zone, but nothing really came off it. But this year, after those first couple of weeks, uh, he's really started to come in to a little bit of form with Kirk Cousins. They've been really connecting, and particularly on deep passes. You know, week two, if you look at the Air Yards app uh, and the great work there by Josh Hermsmeyer, if you look at uh, Josh Doxon, week two, four Air Yards, which isn't what you want, the one target. Then uh, week three, two targets. He had 55 air yards. He had that big touchdown against the Oakland Raiders. And then he has had at least three targets in every game. Two of those had five targets in. And uh, his air yards outside of week six against San Francisco have all been above 40 yards and uh, 72 air yards this past week. The interesting thing to note is his target share. It has been uh, almost below 10% exclusively. He's had, he's had three games this season that has been over 10%. Two of those 13%, one of them 16%. But the interesting thing is as he works his way into this offense i could see him that they're spiking up to getting the 20 percent, maybe 22 percent market share so something to watch very very closely as we move into the, the final stages of the season with josh stocks and that uh, usage has been increasing a lot over the last couple of weeks and he is a, a healthy a dot uh, on average here he is hitting over 12 yards uh, per attempt in that uh, that metric so it's uh, an interesting one I think Josh Doxon rest of season is somebody who I think uh, has a huge value if you can go out and acquire him now uh, I think that's something that I would be doing this week though could be a tough outing for him playing against this Minnesota defense it's not a team I like uh, starting many of my fantasy assets against they are in my opinion one of the the top uh, defenses in the league I mentioned there they're kind of consistently in that top five and mo- the majority of weeks they're a, a top one or a top two defense so we'll see it's it's a game that I'm not confident in starting my Washington Redskins players in obviously uh, recorded the segment with Mark uh, a little bit earlier on Thursday and uh, after the practice report came out we've seen that Jordan Reed and Jameson Crowder did practice but it was based on one and one drills so we'll see uh, I think there's more chance this week that we see Crowder playing than Reed and I think with Reed 
probably missing out. I think that's going to give Vernon Davis a nice boost. Uh, the Vikings kind of have had issues at times uh, facing off against uh, tight end. So I think Vernon Davis this week is uh, somebody who could be an interesting uh, DFS play uh, if you need to start uh, you know, a lower-priced tight end uh, this weekend. And um, outside of that there, you have Kurt Cousins going up against this defense. I think we seen him go up against uh, Seattle last week, but that Seattle defense isn't quite what it has been in the past, and I think it's a, a tougher matchup here. Obviously, they're banged up offensive line, as I mentioned, so the players uh, for the Redskins that I'm targeting this week, if I have to, is uh, Chris Thompson. Obviously, I mentioned they're the pass catching back. I think they're going to try and uh, do uh, go that way, short passing routes, uh, you know, try and get the ball into his hands out in space, try and do the same uh, with Vernon Davis, and then maybe the occasional shot downfield to Josh Docks. And it's not a match that I see shaping up all that good uh, for Washington this week. Of course, if they can get that offensive line healthy, it is really for me that offensive line, and that's kind of what Mark touched on as well. If that offensive line can get healthy, can uh, have a little bit of freshness in it this week and protect Kurt Cousins, give him a little bit more time, there is uh, a chance here that we see. Washington get the win but I just feel that uh, Minnesota as it goes along will be too strong and you'll see that as I talk about the players that I would like to be playing this uh, coming week uh, and that there is going to be based (laughs) mainly on Minnesota Vikings players it's interesting to note as well just here when I have up uh, in front of me the buy low report uh, one of the apps up on Rotoviz and if you look at Minnesota uh, and at the tight end position uh, a team they are one of the higher uh, rated in, in the buy low uh, category here uh, coming in at sixth at the tight end position over the next four weeks they do get Washington this week who have struggled against tight ends they also get Detroit and Atlanta in the next four games the the tougher matchup in that is the LA Rams in week 11 so uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph could be somebody that uh, you could try and snap up this weekend prior to your games and that could give you a nice bit of value here over the next four to five weeks and then as the season finishes they also get Carolina and Cincinnati who have also struggled to tight ends so I think Kyle Rudolph is quite a good play this week. I think, as Mark mentioned, they have struggled covering tight ends over the middle of the field. So Rudolph is a player. I mentioned uh, Vernon Davis earlier, but Rudolph is a player that uh, I'm interested in this week in DFS. I think when you're looking uh, throughout this Vikings team, we'll start off the quarterback and you're looking at Case Keenum. I think he's in that QB2 mix this week. I probably fi- expect him to finish uh, you know, between 16 and 20 as a, as a QB2 this coming week. It isn't an easy matchup against the Washington Redskins. I do think the, this defense is uh, underrated by the majority of people out there. So he is somebody who, if you're streaming, you can slot in there and uh, you know, you'll probably get uh, one to two touchdown passes from him probably 250 yards so uh, we'll see what happens with him but he is somebody that I would be uh, quite confident if I had to have a spot start this weekend as I mentioned at at the time recording this it is expected that he will be the starter Teddy Bridgewater will uh, need another few weeks I think we'll see Bridgewater before the end of the season but just at this moment in time uh, I think it's a little bit too early for him when you're looking at the running backs then you have Jared McKinnon Uh, he is averaging 106 yards from scrimmage and 5.36 Per touch uh, in four games since Dalvin Cook went down with that injury, so he has been uh, quite a quite a nice play uh, in redraft or in uh, daily fantasy. So he's somebody again this week could be interesting against this Washington Redskins defense. Uh, Latavius Murray pretty much uh, is there and he's involved in early downs but uh, the guy you want to own out of these uh, two RBs is McKinnon and he is kind of that RB2 floor I think it goes along with an RB1 ceiling depending how much he gets involved in the passing game and of course if he can find the end zone in this one so he is somebody who I'm interested in this week Um, then when we look through the wide receivers we have Stefan Diggs he's coming back he has that bye week he's coming back off injuries he's been pretty beat up this season but he's some, he is likely to get the matchup in this to face uh, between 
Josh Norman and uh, Breland, and it's obviously a tough matchup for him. He's coming off that bye, as I mentioned, should be the healthiest he's been in quite some time, but he is, uh, you know, one of the Rotoviz guys' uh, favourites over here. Uh, I'm a big fan of Stefan Diggs, and I know pretty much all the team here at RV are uh, big fans of his and uh, what he's been able to do, but it's uh, he has that monster upside, but you know it's just a tough matchup I think uh, a lot of people will be stuck this week uh, and have to play him but coming off the injury I would just like to see uh, him make sure he's 100% healthy and the, it's, it's just a tough matchup for him I would have him slotted in as a wide receiver tree this week and kind of having that flex discussion coming off the injury the player I am very very interested in playing this week and that is Adam Thielen he's caught at least five passes in eight games this season he's played in eight games he's caught at least five passes in them uh, he's having a nice uh, go with his yards to go along with that and he uh, found the end zone in week eight before the bye so uh, touchdowns has been uh, his one downside this season but I think uh, he's going to get stationed in the slot this week and he should have you know I mentioned that matchup for Diggs with Josh Norman Brashad Breeland I think he should be able to be in the slot avoid that and I think that's going to be key to his fantasy success this week so between him and Rudolph I was tossing it up as to who would be my draft player of the week and it is Adam Thielen I think we could see a monster day for him I'll be trying to fit him into my DFS lineups where I can I own him in quite a few dynasty leagues I'll be slotting him in there with full full confidence that he can do the business this week against the Washington Redskins I also mentioned what the wide receivers obviously uh in Minnesota you have uh, Adam Thielen Jarius Wright Laquan Treadwell has a little bit of uh, action over the last couple of weeks with Diggs being injured and then you have Diggs and pretty much uh, that's all that we're seeing that's going to have production have the opportunity to have production and I think you're pretty much looking at it being down to Thielen and Diggs and then maybe Treadwell if things break right for him but he's not somebody that I'm interested in having in my lineups this week or really for the next couple of weeks going forward I'll, I'll need to see more before I can trust anything to do with Treadwell but when you're looking at Thielen it's pretty much 90 to 100% of the snaps each and every week for him and uh, he's obviously getting a healthy dose of the workload there and then when you look at Stefan Diggs on the snap report Diggs has been you know I mentioned banged up all season he's been in at 89 90 92 he's been down to 70 twice he's had 75 in his last game so his uh, snap share has uh, just been pretty much because they've been trying to manage his uh, injuries uh, throughout the season but uh, Adam Thielen pretty much playing in uh, all the offensive snaps so I, I like that as well for him to be in there to be consistently healthy this season so far and uh, get that opportunity get that target share and uh, he is my draft play of the week this week that is Adam Thielen and if you haven't played on draft yet it's something that I think uh, you really should check out it's a, a hell of a lot of fun I have enjoyed it throughout this season you can download the app anytime just search draft in the app store and uh, join a league in minutes so you can play right from your computer on playdraft.com whichever you want and for a limited time only as you sign up you can play in a free draft with your first deposit all you have to do is use our code here at rotoviz and that is rv radio that's right, play a real money game for free just by using the promo code RV Radio with your first deposit on drafts. There's no salary caps. Playing real life snake drafts just like you do with your friends in a season long league. Uh, and you do a draft that lasts just one week and there's no management it's as easy as that just set it and forget it and once you're done drafting that's it no trades no waiver wire and draft even takes care of the last minute injuries for you so get into it draft start from as little as one dollar and it's really really a lot of fun and when you're listening to all the podcasts on rv radio and uh, throughout the network uh, you really can take advantage of that snake draft format and get those little uh, insights into who you should be playing each and every week draft is a lot of fun so get involved that is playdraft.com or draft in the app store the code again is rv radio 
So Thielen is my play of the week and I went through the show kind of touched on all the players I think will be good this week. I'm looking forward to seeing if it's going to be another kind of defensive struggle a bit like we've seen in Seattle but in defensive struggles as we've seen in Seattle last week you can't have fantasy production even if it's in that fourth quarter. We've seen that a few times with games this season involving the Seattle Seahawks so I think this one is going to be one that's a little too tough with the offensive line issues that the Washington Redskins have been having and I think it's a game that goes in the favour of the Vikings as a Packers supporter it's tough to be saying that the Vikings are going to go to 7-2 and two, but the Packers season is well and truly over four or five weeks ago we thought it would be a, a kind of battle to the end between the Packers and the Vikings see who would win that division now that battle is going with the Vikings and the Lions and I fully expect it to run all the way to the end at the moment though it does look like the Vikings are the stronger team so we'll see how it goes I, I'm expecting uh, the Vikings to win this one by kind of seven to ten points and uh, I think they'll cover that spread on my bookie so again if you want to use my bookie or you want to use draft check out those the my bookie code is rotobeat and the draft code is rv radio get involved this weekend and uh, with all that said and done that's going to do us for today's edition the week 10 edition of the rotoviz fantasy football beat my name is Colin Kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime Ireland have a good one Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm feeling great, thanks. How about you? You feeling happy? A little angry? People have so many feelings, millions of them. But what if businesses could really understand all of those feelings and then act on them to make their customers feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management and it's here. Because the future of business has feelings. And I've got a feeling we're all going to like it. Go to sap.com slash xm to learn more. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.